0: Hello and welcome to Hearth Talk. This is Craig Isad, founder of Hearth.com. Today we're going to speak with Stephen Morris, one of the earliest employees at Vermont Castings. Stephen has some unique insights into the business and especially into the early days at Vermont Castings. In today's episode, we'll learn why it paid to have long hair and a beard to work at Vermont Castings, why early employees stood on chairs why they couldn't be bribed, and other fun facts. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for taking the time to speak with uh, me today. Hi, Craig. Good to uh, catch up with you. Uh, Stephen, these interviews are meant to capture some of the uh, early oral history of the hearth, uh, especially sort of the modern resurgence of uh, of the wood stove. As one of the earliest employees at Vermont Castings, you probably have a, a unique perspective uh, into what went on there, how some of this stuff got started. Uh, let's start with how you got to end up in a place like Randolph, Vermont, and and how you came to be hired by Vermont Castings.
1: Okay, uh, I uh, graduated from college in 1970, and it was uh, probably most turbulent era in recent American history. And uh, like a lot of people, I was disillusioned with politics, with the war, and in in such times, people naturally gravitate towards simplicity. And so I suddenly was grabbed by the idea of homesteading, and uh, I was looking at a map one day, I saw Nova Scotia, and it sounded really exotic, and so I went up to Nova Scotia, bought land, tried to homestead. And, you know, it was really uh, much more than a suburban kid like myself was prepared for. So I eventually moved back to the the Boston area, but with a, a strong desire to relocate to a more rural area where I could uh, practice some of the uh, homesteading type of uh, things that I would been reading about and learning about.
0: Ah it sounds sounds like uh, maybe you subscribe to Mother Earth news like uh, Martha and I did in those early days or something like that.
1: Absolutely and <laughs> uh, carried around my copy of the whole Earth catalog.
0: Ah, ah yes
1: yes so go ahead. Okay so uh, uh, as I said I was down in the Boston area and uh, I answered an ad for a customer service manager And at the time, I had uh, long hair and a beard, so I wasn't uh, your ideal job candidate for too many positions, but I walked into the recruiter's office, in this case, and the guy just looked at me and said, you're perfect, the only thing that would be better is if your hair was even longer and your beard was even longer. So I knew that I had come to the right place. Now, was this in Boston or was this in Vermont? No, this was in the Boston area. Oh, okay, yes. And uh, I really didn't know anything about uh, the wood stove business at that time Uh, but I had begun heating my home with a a coal stove so I was at least in in tune with the energy crisis if you will this not too long after the uh, first Arab oil embargo so anyway it turned out to be Vermont castings and I uh, uh, took a drive up here on a December day and uh, I was interviewed. Uh, One of the people who was interviewed on that exact same day was uh, Charlie Page, who's also someone who's been in the hearth business for a long time and uh, was offered the job on the pretty much on the spot.
0: And what year would you say this was, Stephen?
1: This was in 1978 in December.
0: December of 1978. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the uh, you know the long hair and the beard because I, I do remember a, a newsprint. Uh, a marketing piece, if I can call it that, uh, from the early days of Vermont Castings, with a bunch of of long hairs on it, and sort of said, "Why should I buy a stove from a bunch of people?" And I, I forget; it might have even said a bunch of long hairs or a bunch of hippies in Vermont that I don't know, you know. And it was uh, it was it was sort of a an interesting take on the early marketing of Vermont Castings. And I haven't seen a copy of that around. I'd love to get my hands on one someday. <laughs>
1: I think I probably have it somewhere in my
0: archives. Oh my goodness, my goodness. So okay, okay so uh, let's start now with where, uh, what happened once you got to Vermont Castings, what the, what it was like, what the culture was like, and you know, how the first year or two were for you.
1: Okay, I can, uh, I can give you the five-minute version, the 10-minute version, or the entire six-pack version. Uh,
0: well, let's start with the five-minute version up until Um, You got high, you know, your initial uh, job in customer service, and then, you know, what happened from there?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, I moved to uh, Randolph, got a little basement apartment, and I remember on my first day on the job, I decided I would walk to work. It was 40 degrees below zero, and to this day, I have not seen weather that cold in Vermont, but my first day on the job, I thought I'd give it a try. So I arrived with my beard, a solid mass of ice, and uh, I noticed that everybody uh, in the drafty old uh, Sergeant Osgood roundy foundry, where we were located, they were all talking on the phones and standing on their chairs. And so I thought, well, this is a little unusual, but what the heck? So someone showed me to my desk. And I sat down and after about a minute, I noticed that there was a a wind chill factor of about 40 miles an hour that was taking place around my knees. And so without saying anything, I got up on my chair just like everybody else to escape the draft.
0: It was warmer up there.
1: It was a little warmer. (laughs) My department was uh, five or six people. It was uh, busy, but uh, not crazy. Uh, but what happened in the next few months was that the second Arab oil embargo took place and the business just exploded. Uh, you mentioned about the why should I trust people and Randolph Vermont who I've never met. Credibility was ex- extremely important for us because we were selling 450 pound objects through the mail and uh, uh, having them individually delivered to people's homes. So uh, th- our method of trying to build confidence was just to build an extremely strong bond with the consumer. Um, My department grew to 65 people within about three or four months of the second Arab embargo.
0: Wow, 65 people, and you were all on the phone with consumers uh, pre-sale, post-sale, during the sale, uh, any of the above? Uh, All of the above. Uh, at that point
1: uh, our stoves were back ordered and everything that we made was pre-sold and uh, with lead times of up to 12 weeks long so the product was highly highly in demand people were showing up with fistfuls of money and uh, you know doing anything they could to to get a a stove loaded, loaded on board their vehicle because there was there was a lot of fear at that time too. People thought, well, we just won't be able to get oil. You know, how are we going to stay warm?
0: They probably thought they could uh, drive up to the foundry and back up and uh, maybe eliminate some of that 12 weeks.
1: Well, uh, I tell you, there were many many people who tried to bribe me because I was kind of a gatekeeper on that.
0: With but, beer? With
1: beer? Uh, beer? Beer would have worked. <laughs> It would have worked, but uh, we were too uh, idealistic to be corrupted by mere greenback dollars. <laughs>
0: yeah, Interesting. And um, apparently you moved up through the ranks uh, pretty quickly because uh, didn't you become national marketing manager or a marketing manager of some sort soon after that?
1: Well, it wasn't that soon after that. What uh happened. I was in charge of the customer service, which while we were selling direct was a critical department. And, uh, but then as finally we got the new foundry online and uh, supply started catching up with demand. The uh, strategic decision was made to go to a dealer network. And I was given the task of establishing a, a dealer network, which is how you and I first met
0: uh... okay but let's backtrack a little bit from there to um, to the point of uh... the owners outing you know one of the, the this this party or this get together or be in or whatever we want to call it uh, as i remember although i wasn't there seeing a uh... An, an, newspaper from Vermont Castings about that, and your picture was in there as, as sort of the master of ceremony. So, so maybe you could tell us a little bit about that, you know, leading up to that, uh, whether that was your idea, whose idea was it, and, and, and about that.
1: You know, I could never remember whose idea the owner's news was uh, exactly, but uh, I'm glad to take credit for it. Uh, anybody wants to dispute me, I'll quickly cave in. But we just uh, we had a we were dealing with a lot of customer service issues, and we thought, well, if we had our own newspaper, and we have people's mailing addresses anyway, you know, we could give them little tips on operating the stove, or troubleshooting, or what kinds of wood to use. And information became very important to us. And uh, very shortly, we became the largest circulation newspaper in the state of Vermont. So that also uh, enabled us to maintain very close uh, relations with our customers. Uh, I became somewhat of a minor celebrity because my picture was there and uh, it would not be unusual for me to go to Logan Airport in Boston and have people recognize me from the Vermont Castings Owners News. So uh, one day, uh, Duncan Syme, one of the founders of uh, Vermont Castings said, you know, we've got great customers out there. Uh, we should celebrate that and let's, let's have a party this summer and, uh, you know, can't spend a lot of money, but invite them up and we'll give them some hot dogs and everything. So that uh, was the origin for the first owners outing. We. Put this in the owners news and uh, greatly to our surprise 3,000 people showed up so we said uh, huh we could be onto something here let's do a bigger and better job of it the next year and sure enough 10,000 people showed up and it Ten, was great fun
0: 10,000 people and, and and if I'm not wrong you were you were some sort of a master of ceremonies for uh, for some of the events there
1: yeah I mean uh, One of my uh, professional characteristics is I've never been afraid to make a fool of myself in public. And uh, it served me well at uh, events like the owner's outing where we would have uh, impromptu contests for uh, the smartest dog. And uh, it it was just, uh, we were playing with our customers and having a great time. I remember one year I set up myself as Unstumpable Stevie. And I would answer any question that you could ask, whether it was what model car you drove, how much your wife's uh, sister-in-law weighed. uh, I would try and answer that question. And if I failed to do it, you would get a little uh, cast iron trinket. And we raised uh, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for uh, charity through this uh, device.
0: Ah, I wish we had podcasts back then, eh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A video a YouTube, uh youtube that that would be a, you probably somebody probably does have a video of it of some of that old stuff uh, somewhere but uh wow that's that, that's interesting and uh, you know one of the points that i don't see get made a lot is that apparently this this owner's outing uh the amazing success of it. Um, led to some of the more modern marketing events, like Saturn Cars uh, started doing. Uh, you know, GM here started. Uh, you know, copying what what you guys in, in Vermont Castings did. So right. uh, you know, although you didn't know it, you were you were setting the stage for a lot of the uh, modern marketing efforts.
1: Well, Airstream trailers, um, Harley Davidson motorcycles, uh, Ben and Jerry's One World One Heart Festival i think all had their origins in uh, the vermont castings owners outing and uh, the whole point was that we just wanted to get down in the in the dirt and play with our customers and uh, they thoroughly enjoyed it wow
0: well, we just have a few more minutes uh, to wrap up this particular chapter, but i'm I'm wondering if you could uh, tell us another story or two per, about perhaps an event at the at uh, the owner's outing or or something strange you saw, or just something that you know that comes up from the memory banks of, of back then.
1: Well, uh, something that has always uh, stayed with me is that uh, uh, you know we talk about a lot of the good times, but there were some bad times too. And uh, one of the service problems that we faced was that some of the early defiant stoves developed a crack in the fire back. And uh, this would drive our customer service people nuts, because even though the, it didn't pose any safety hazard or anything like that, customers would really have their faith shaken and uh, would be calling up with a quavering voice saying, you know, is my stove going to fall apart? And so it was treated like a crisis at the, the company. No one had a really great solution, but I remember being called in to the office of Duncan and Murray, the two founders, and being told, whatever you do, Stephen, just exceed the customer's expectations. And so we set up customer service policies that were just great, and these people who would call up with the quavering voices would end up saying, what, you're gonna give me a new stove? You're gonna pay to have it delivered? And uh, not only was their confidence restored, but it was stronger than ever. And I always felt that that's what propelled Vermont Castings in, in years to come to become a worldwide leader.
0: You know, that that is a pretty amazing story, given, you know, given even my experience in the business that, uh, you know, it's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make it good. And, and you know, having heard the complete opposite of that, you know, from other companies, you know, telling me as their dealer or as their representative to, uh, hey, be careful. You know, cover this up. If somebody finds out, then maybe let them know. You know, after you stall a while, uh, you know, that's a pretty amazing insight into the, uh, you know, the, the the feeling that that was Vermont Castings that ended up, uh, you know, creating a legend that amazingly enough was strong enough from back then, you know, even today, that same customer service, I'm not saying the company still has that same, but but what you guys did back then was strong enough to project decades, you know, into the future. So uh, um, anyway, I I thank you very much for uh, talking with me today. We're going to hopefully have a bunch more of these because there's uh, there's so many stories to tell. And uh, again, really thank you for your uh, insight into the early days at Vermont Castings.
1: Craig, it was my pleasure. Good talking to you.